Welcome to Health, Wellness, and Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie. Over the next hour, you'll learn valuable medical tips from health policy to personal finance and medical debt management. Now listen close and welcome your host, Dr. Virgie Bright Ellington. Love is a doing, not a feeling. <laughs> let me let me say that again. Love is not a feeling. Love is a doing. <laughs> so this week, in honor of Valentine's Day, is coming up this week, and it hit me. I really need to talk about something that is super, super important. It's why we all get up in the morning and, and basically do what we do. And I thought about it. It made me. <laughs> it came up because my all-time favorite song came up last week, which is Al Green's Love and Happiness. And it's my all-time favorite song because it cracks me up because it's true. Love will make you do right, (laughs) right? Love will make you do wrong. It'll make you come home early It'll make you stay out all night long, right? And I I wanted to talk about this because there are things that people say, well, you know, I love this person because of the way they make me feel or I love this and love that because of the way we make me feel. Uh, If we really, really love something or someone, if we truly love them, it's a doing We get up in the morning and do what we do because of love, right? So I thought, let's talk about this. Let's talk about real love, the real meaning of love (laughs) in honor of Valentine's Day coming up this week. So I want to talk about doing, I want us to do these three things to protect who and what is important to you. So we protect our money, right? We, we want to protect our relationship with money, right? We, we want to take care of our money. So it'll be there to take care of us and those we love. So you take care of your money, you pay attention to your money, it'll stay with you. If you don't pay attention to your money, it will leave you, right? You, you, you got to pay attention to those that we love, right? Spending resources with them, meaning our time. That's all we have is our time. Spend time with them. Take care of your money. Do these three things to protect your money so that you can take care of those that you love. You, right? We love ourselves. We have to love ourselves. If we don't love ourselves, we can't really love anybody else. So take care of your money. Love your money. (laughs) And you'll be able to to take care of those that you and those that you love. So let's get started. We're going to do these three things to protect who and what is important to you, to protect who you love. Do these three things. Number one, get care. If you have to get medical care, if you end up needing to get medical care, try to get all of your medical care from a nonprofit facility preferably, ideally, get your medical care from an academic institution. Now, this may be difficult. It's not easy to do because the big academic institutions are often an hour or two away from us. And it's, it's a real haul. It's a real trek. It takes a lot of energy and resources to get there. But it is worth it in the long run for two reasons. The reason why you want to make sure you get all of your medical care from an academic institution, an academic facility, is because academic institutions are usually nonprofit facilities. Nonprofit facilities are facilities that are tax exempt by federal law. In exchange for giving the folks in the communities in which they serve income-based discounts. 
in my experience, academic institutions, so they're like, you know, university of this or, you know, something, something university medical center. Those are, those are the facilities and institutions I'm referring to when I talk about getting your care at an academic facility. That's when you know it's it's an academic facility. It's a teaching facility. And the reason why it's important to get your care at an academic institution, even though it may just be with, you know, you may feel like, well, you know, it's a teaching facility, so people are learning on me. Well, not in a nonprofit university affiliated medical institution. They are highly, highly supervised by with multiple layers of physicians who are highly experienced. And that's why they're there. They're so experienced that they teach other physicians. They teach medical students and they teach physicians in training who are it's called residents or fellows. So they're, the best care you can possibly get in general is at a academic institution, essentially a teaching facility. So that's the first reason why the best care you can get. So if you have to, let's say you had to have back surgery and your surgery was done by the neurosurgery department at this academic unit institution, university of something, blankety blank medical center, university of ABC medical center, the surgery department that was the supervising department of the surgeon who did, and, and or I should say surgical teams, the surgeons that did your surgery, in my example, I'm talking about back surgery and it's being done by a neurosurgeon, you're going to make sure you continue to get your care, your follow-up care with the clinic that is run by the department where you had your surgery at the institution where you had your, your surgery. Now, some people complain, they say, well, I see a different resident or I see a different doctor every time I go. Well, okay. They are still supervised by extremely highly experienced and often the best physicians in the field, period. So if I have an option, whenever I'm able to get care, if I need care, I should say, when I really need to get the best care, when it's something that's really important, I make sure I go to a facility that's ABC University Medical Center. So that's the first reason why you want to make sure, step one, to doing the things that protect who and what is important to you is getting care from a nonprofit facility, uh, especially an academic nonprofit facility. The second reason why you want to get care from an academic facility, an academic nonprofit facility, is because they are nonprofit. And so I started to talk about that a little bit, and I and I talk about this a lot, that I don't call nonprofit facilities nonprofit anymore. I call them tax exempt because unfortunately there are many nonprofit facilities that will use their nonprofits, their nonprofit status, which is basically tax exempt status to not pay anything, not pay a dime on hundreds of millions and sometimes billions of dollars billion with a B dollars of revenue in exchange for they are supposed to provide care in the for the folks in the facilities uh, apologies in the communities in which they operate. In exchange for that tax exempt status by federal law, they are to provide income based discounts. In my experience, however, nonprofit facilities don't always, let's put it, to put it nicely, they're not always forthcoming 
number one, with letting you know that this is what they're supposed to do by law in exchange for their tax exempt status, that they're supposed to give you income-based discounts, basically sliding scale according to your income. And they're not so generous often. You can have two nonprofit facilities that are in the exact same community, the, the exact same town, and they have very different income-based discounts based on income. So in my experience, though, academic nonprofit facilities and institutions, university of such and such medical center, or, you know, ABC university medical center, they tend to be the most generous with, and I would say, frankly, fair and upfront with their income-based discounts, with their sliding scale. So this is why I say step number one, when you are young and healthy and beautiful and awesome and just doing it, <laughs> you know, think about, okay, if God forbid, if I get hit by a car when I'm on a bike or I get, I, I'm skiing and I, you know, I happen to live near a ski resort and if I'm skiing and God forbid something happens and I injure myself, I want to make sure that I get to an academic institution's emergency department. So just keep that in mind when you're when you move to a new location. Okay, God forbid if something happens, none of us plan for emergencies. None of us plan for accidents, right? That's why they're called accidents. We don't plan for them. They, they, they life happens. Think about okay, how close am I? Where is my nearest academic nonprofit medical center? So think about that. And when you're doing your routine care, let's say that, thank goodness, you haven't had any incidents or you had to have surgery, get your care, your routine care, your annual exams established with a nonprofit academic institution. So that's the first thing you can do to protect step number one to protect who and what is important to you, who and what you love. One more thing about this, let's say that you're having a hard time with getting information about your bill in terms of being able to pay for it. Let's say that you call, you had your care, a nonprofit facility and I would say, I think the last numbers I saw, approximately 65% of hospitals in the United States are nonprofit or tax exempt, which means by law, they have to give you income-based discounts, meaning a sliding scale according to your income. Once you do the three steps, and we'll talk about if you've been <laughs> listening to health, wellness, and medical bills and what your doctor wants you to know to crush medical debt, you'll know that there are three steps of the only right way to pay a medical bill. And let's say you go through all the three steps and you're given the discount, the maximum discount, the facility, the nonprofit or tax exempt facility is saying that they're going to give you. And you're still frustrated. You're still having a hard time. You're bumping up against saying, you know what they say, I've applied the three steps of the only right way to pay a medical bill. And they say, this is what I have to pay. This is the biggest discount they can give me. If you're still having a tough time or you still have questions, there's a great organization who helps you with your paperwork to get the income-based discount that is within your budget. And that is dollar four dollar, D-O-L-L-A-R, four, meaning more money for you, dollar, right? dollars for you. It's dollarfor.org. And they will help you go through the steps of how to approach the nonprofit facility where you got your care. If you happen to get your care at a nonprofit facility, they will help you with the paperwork to make sure that you get an income-based discount and help you figure out how to optimize that for you, how to make sure that 
it's within your budget and it's something that you can make a, a payment plan that is within your budget. I, I highly, highly recommend them. They do amazing work. You're listening to Health, Wellness, and Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll be right back after this short break. If you're enjoying the show and you've learned something or found something to be helpful, let us know. If you're listening on Apple, hit five stars and leave a review. Even if it's just a few words, it will help others know what you found particularly useful. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button below and give us feedback. Let us know what you think and what you found valuable. When you share your feedback, you're doing a lot to help others. Are you one of the millions of Americans struggling with their medical bills? Now there is a way to get the health care you need and take care of your financial life. Dr. Virgie Bright Ellington is an internal medicine physician and she's a determined patient advocate, helping people reduce and even eliminate their medical debt. Become a member today and discover how to free yourself from a lifetime of bills at crushmedicaldebt.com. Join the Crush Medical Debt community today. Sign up at crushmedicaldebt.com. You're listening to Health, Wellness, and Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie. If you have a question for Dr. Virgie or her guests, you can email Dr. Virgie at dr.virgie at crushmedicaldebt.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Virgie. You're listening to Health, Wellness, and Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. Number two, do this to protect who and what is important to you, who and what you love. <laughs> I want you to do this one thing every time you see a healthcare provider of any sort, anytime you have to interact with any medical care provider of any type, no matter how big or small. So let's say, okay, I showed up at my step one. I showed up at my academic nonprofit facility for care and I show up. And the first thing they do is they ask me to sign an electronic pad here, sign here. Here we go. Do this one thing every time you see a health care provider. Stop signing electric pads. I've talked about this before and I'm going to talk about it again and again. Really, we, we've got to stop signing electronic pads. So, when we go to hospitals, medical centers, health providers, we're asked to sign consents for treatment and financial agreements to pay for the treatment. Okay. But, and I want to say mostly this is pre-COVID, the pre-COVID days, you know, BC, back in the day, BC before COVID, <laughs> usually we were handed sheets of paper when we showed up, they would say, here, sign this. And we would get handed sheets of paper with a lot of fine print. But they were paper. You could protect yourself from making a commitment to pay whatever the medical facility wants to charge you by finding the section that talks about getting bills. You would go through and find the section that has all kinds of fancy words like like agreement or responsibility or bill or payment. Responsibility is a big word you'll see in this, anything, in any section 
that talks about the financial agreement to pay, you would go in if you were handed the piece of paper, when we were handed the piece of paper, we could exit out and then write in, quote, I agree to appropriate treatment and charges up to Medicare rates, unquote. And you would initial it, sign at the very bottom, and you were done. The reason why you need to X out the financial jargon section and replace it with the statement, quote, I agree to appropriate treatment and charges up to Medicare rates, unquote, is because by federal law, the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, debt collectors have to be able to show a signed financial agreement, a financial agreement with your signature to be able to come after you at any point in the future for any debt they claim you owe. But now in the post-COVID area, uh, area era, <laughs> in these uh, post-COVID days, now healthcare facilities are asking you to sign electric pads. These electric pads, they're no bigger than you know six inches wide, maybe two, three inches tall, black with a stylus, electric, electric stylus attached to it. And the other end is attached to the clerk's computer. That's it. They just hand you to, they just tell you, hey, sign this. They're connected to nothing. You know, you can't see anything. It's just sign this. When you're asked to do this, this prevents you from being able to X out the commitment to pay section and replace it with or write in on top of it, quote, I agree to appropriate treatment and charges up to Medicare rates, unquote. You sign this, you sign this little electric pad, just put in your signature in this little electric, this little black box. You sign this and you've given that entire medical system, that entire medical facility, a signed blank check. Years down the road, they or whoever they sell your alleged unpaid bill to, according to the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, can come after you in court, can sue you in court to bring you to court to garnish your rages and just completely devastate your entire financial future. But we're gonna stop that now. We are stopping it today. From now on, when you're at a medical care facility and you're pointed to, <laughs> I, I talk about this a lot, but I just find it hilarious that they really expect us to be able to understand what they're saying behind a COVID plastic protection barrier that protects the, the staff person, the person on the front lines, your customer representative. And they're wearing a mask. And so you'll hear something like, <laughs> okay, when they point to something, when they point to that black, little black box for you to put your signature with the stylus on, stop everything. One, you know, I like to do things in three steps. I like to do things in threes. It's easy to remember. <laughs> three things. Number one, first thing you're going to do is politely ask for a paper printout of what they're asking you to sign. Say, you know what? I, I, I need to be able to read this. I need you to print this out for me. And they're going to say, well, um, it, it's just, uh, 
it's just a, this is your rights, your, your privacy rights. Oh, okay. And this is just our policy about COVID protection to protect you. Oh, okay. Print it out for me and I'll be able to read it and then I can sign it. It doesn't matter how many people are behind you, how long the line is behind you. It doesn't matter how nasty the or short or crisp <laughs> the customer service rep may be with you, how they how much they roll their eyes, how nasty they are does not matter because they're not the ones that's going to pay a bill for you down the down the line down the road could be 5 10 how many many years down the line months down the line just pop up because you signed something on some little scratch electric pad you just put your you just gave them your signature just because i just want you to have a copy of my signature and you can do whatever you want with it because it's not attached to anything so you're going to politely, no matter how nasty your breasts they get and say, you know what, we're really busy. It's going to take me a while. It's going to take me a minute. Okay. Okay. I'll, I, I'll wait. <laughs> politely ask for, say, I need something, need all of this printed out. I can't sign anything unless I can have a printout of it for me to read and I'll sign the printout. Step two, when they give you the printout, However long it takes, remember, you're not going to be rushed. This is your life. This is your future. All right, you're going to wait. And step two, once you get that printout of what they're asking you to sign, you're going to cross out the sections that appear to be related to financial agreements and billing and financial responsibility. And step three, you're going to write in this you are going to write in, quote, I agree to appropriate treatment and charges up to Medicare rates, unquote. That's it. Just because someone or a medical facility may be saving your health and maybe your life of you or someone you love doesn't mean you should allow them to kill your financial future. Don't let this keep happening to you. It stops today. You're listening to Health, Wellness, and Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll be right back after this short break. Today's Cousin Richie Jr.'s joke of the week. What do you call a potato who's sitting in the audience wearing glasses? A spectator. Oh my gosh. I I really like that one. I, I have to admit it. <laughs> All right. I know other people may not have the same sense of humor as I do. And if you don't, how about sending some jokes you think are funny too? <laughs> Just jokes, please. No complaints, no rotten produce. <laughs> please send them to David at Crush medicaldebt.com So you finally had to see a doctor for that problem or question that's been bothering you. You had no choice. Now what? Are you prepared for that big expensive bill you're going to get? Without the right information, you're going to lose your savings and possibly even go bankrupt. Please don't wait until that happens. Don't get crushed by medical bills. Go to crushmedicaldebt.com backslash checklist 
to find out how three simple steps saves you money and maybe your financial life. Are you one of the millions of Americans struggling with their medical bills? Now there is a way to get the health care you need and take care of your financial life. Dr. Virgie Bright-Ellington is an internal medicine physician and she's a determined patient advocate, helping people reduce and even eliminate their medical debt. Become a member today and discover how to free yourself from a lifetime of bills at crushmedicaldebt.com. Join the Crush Medical Debt community today. Sign up at crushmedicaldebt.com. You're listening to Health, Wellness, and Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie. If you have a question for Dr. Virgie or her guests, you can email Dr. Virgie at dr.virgie at crushmedicaldebt.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Virgie. You're listening to Health, Wellness, and Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. Step three, or I should say number three, has three steps of what you want to do when you love someone. When you or someone you love gets a medical bill, receives any medical bill, big or small, make sure you do the three steps of the only one right way to pay a medical bill. There's only one right way to pay a medical bill. It it is what it is. And it can be put into three steps. If you think about it, three steps, what we have to do just falls into three steps. So you're going to protect yourself from getting overcharged and ruining your financial future by remembering the three steps of the only way to pay a medical bill. Number one, step one is to call the provider's billing department or patient accounts department to ask for, quote, something with CPT codes, unquote. CPT codes are to medical services what barcodes are to products in a store. Every United States medical service that you can possibly get, any test, every test, procedure, emergency department visit, ER visit, office visit, operation, has a unique CPT codes. So what often happens, especially if we had to have a hospital stay, when we get bills, medical bills, particularly hospital bills, they're actually summary bills. Summary bills are just like one or two pages and have no CPT codes. If you look across the top of what you're given, what you receive in the snail mail is usually something in the upper right-hand corner that has something like UO or patient responsibility or something due, and it has some big giant number. <laughs> and underneath is a phone number. If you have questions, call here, call billing department or patient accounts. If it doesn't have CPT codes in the upper right hand corner, wherever they have that, what I call wishful number, they're wishing and hoping and praying, <laughs> you'll fall for it. If there's nothing anywhere on the left side or in the middle, up and down, look for CPT, the letters CPT. And this is what you need to make sure you're not being overcharged. And they may say it's a detailed bill. Sometimes I've seen bills that are not real bills or summary bills because they have no CPT codes. There's no CPT written across the top anywhere. I've seen them where they they call it a detailed bill or even an itemized bill, but it's not because it doesn't have CPT codes. So I, I want you to, to think about it. Have you ever gotten a cell bill or electric bill that's just one page? Just one page? No. 
the first page of phone and utility bills are a summary of what's owed. And the next one or two or even three pages breaks down the charges by item per call or calls, the electric portion of the bill, gas, fees, taxes. But many, unfortunately, many providers count on you not knowing that you have a legal right to an itemized bill. An itemized bill lists services, item, the medical service or services, item by item you're being charged for. And if it's really itemized when it comes to medical services, you have a description of what you were charged, what you're being charged for, or the care they're saying you receive. So seriously, you know, think about it. Can you imagine any other kind of business sending us summary bills with the expectation to be paid, right? If <laughs> if you went to the grocery store, um, you know, grocery stores, department stores, credit card companies, if they treated us the way the United States healthcare, many United States, United States large, generally healthcare providers do, we would demand legal, political involvement, and maybe even accuse them of fraud. So I, I, I give the analogy sometimes <laughs> of going to a grocery store. What if you went in and you came out, <clears throat> you just needed you know, a couple of items, you realize, oh my gosh, I'm making dinner tonight and I don't have you know, I don't have garlic or I don't have onions or something. And you go in and there's no prices or anything, but you're like, okay, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be reasonable. I, I have enough money to pay for it, I think. So there are no prices. I'm just told, well, if you need it, here you go. And we'll tell you the price on your way out. <laughs> so you come out and you, while you're in the store, by the way, you didn't just pick up the onions and garlic, you realize, you know what, I could also use, you know, this or that. Like, oh, you know what? I really like this organic tomato sauce. This is good stuff. It's it's pre-processed, but it's awesome. And it's it tastes really amazing. It's my favorite brand. I forgot about this. Let me go ahead and pick this up too. And you come out and you pay for it. And you're like, wow, this is a little bit more than I thought that it, it was going to cost, but okay, you know, I needed it and it is what it is and I'll pay it. And you look down and the bill, the invoice you're given says produce. And the next line says grocery. <laughs> and next to produce, there's a number. Next to grocery, there's a number. And that's it. That's a summary bill. That would be a summary bill if you went to the grocery store. So under produce for your, your garlic and your under, uh, onion, they put that under produce, but it's not itemized. Oh, itemized bill, when you get your receipt in a grocery store, they have actually usually have not the barcode, of course, for each item. They have the, the actual short brief description that's affiliated with the barcode when it's printed up and each price for each item. So that's the difference. That's the analogy I give. That's like comparing summary bills you get in for your medical services. That would be like getting a summary bill in uh, from a grocery store. So just like a grocery store has barcodes and they tell you the price <laughs> affiliated with each barcode, each item has a unique barcode. Same thing with medical services. The barcodes are called CPT codes. So the, the reason I want you to think about CPT codes as barcodes is because they really are medical care price tags. So providers attach a price or a fee to every CPT code 
And then the insurance companies, if you have insurance, negotiate down the price for every procedure code as much as possible. So this is important for so many reasons because this is where many medical bill mistakes happen due to charging the wrong CPT code for a service. So this is why it's just critical. First of all, you need to know what you're paying for so you can have a conversation with them to make sure that, hey, this is what I'm talking about, this bill for this particular service. And we're you, you have to know what you're getting charged for. So think of CPT codes that you're going to get in a real bill has to have CPT codes, medical care price tags. You're going to call step one, call the billing department or patient accounts department and ask for something, quote, something. I don't care what they call it. They can call it a detailed bill. They can call it an itemized bill. They can call it whatever. You want something. I usually call and say, I need something. I never call it a bill. <laughs> I just say, you have to send me, quote, something, or I say, I need something, quote, I need something with CPT codes. So unfortunately, many hospitals, I find big uh, facilities, uh, change their prices depend on who is paying. And when they do that, they often aren't willing to give you a bill with CPT codes. So the frontline reps in these facilities are trained to tell you that, oh, we don't have that information, or they'll make excuses as to why they don't have that information or why they can't give it to you or say things like, that's information we can only give an insurance company, or you'll have to call your insurance company to get that information, or that's claim information. We don't have that here. Claim is a fancy name for bill sent to the insurance company from the provider. When you run into cases in which a facility is not forthcoming with giving you your real bill or something, a statement with CPT codes, politely ask to speak with the supervisor and say that you're making a quest for, quote, your complete bill with CPT codes as per HIPAA medical records access requirements or per HIPAA federal law, unquote. HIPAA is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996, which is a federal law that requires all providers give patients full, complete, 100% access to their medical records and anything to do with their medical care. And that includes all financial, any financial issues or anything financially related to that care. And providers who don't comply with this, who violate, it's a, it's a civil law, actually, the civil rights law, rather. If they don't fully comply with this civil rights law, they face severe fines and penalties for violating your civil rights as per HIPAA. So this is what you're going to do. Step one, you're going to call and ask the provider for a real bill with, quote, CPT codes, unquote, or like I always say, I say, I call it, say, quote, I need something with CPT codes, unquote. So quickly, 50% of us actually don't have insurance in the United States, approximately. And that means 50% of us have insurance. We're fortunate to have some kind of insurance coverage. What if you have insurance and you get a bill that is alleging you owe something and it's not a real bill because it doesn't have CPT codes on the top. What you're going to do as part of step one, after you call the provider for a real bill with CPT codes, call the number on the back of your insurance card and ask for an EOB or explanation of benefits. And they'll send it to you by snail mail if you want. Often, now they, now they all have them online. They'll tell you where you can get it online. But if you want to buy snail mail, you can get it, ask them to send it to you or both. You know, say, okay, great, I'll look online. 
And while I'm waiting for a snail mail, I'll go online and look for it, whichever you prefer. And while you have them on the line, ask if they've received a claim, quote, fancy name for a bill coming from the provider. Ask if they've received a claim from the provider for the dates of care, dates of service, rather, that you receive care. If they've received it yet. If they have, great. If the front desk or customer service rep you're speaking with, with the insurance company says, yes, we got a claim from that provider for that dates of service, then ask them to explain how much was billed and if it was paid or not, how much was paid or not. If when you ask, when you call the insurance <laughs> company, they call the number in the back of your insurance card and ask them, hey, have you received a claim from the provider for the dates of service, da, 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 da. If they haven't, that's information that you're going to call back the provider to discuss when they send you the real bill, meaning something with CPT codes, and remind them that, oh, there is a mistake. You haven't sent the bill or the claim to the insurance company yet. They need to get that first. And that's basically, you're putting them notice that by contract law, they have to send the bill to the insurance company first before you can be asked to pay, before you're sent a bill. They have to adjudicate it as called with the insurance company, your insurance company, before they can send you a bill. Step two, you're going to Google each CPT code once you get the real bill. And step two, you're going to Google each CPT code to get a description of the bill medical service or services you received and what Medicare pays for the service. So this makes sure that the services for which you're being charged sound like what you received, meaning no mistakes. You haven't been billed for the same service twice or billed for a service you didn't receive, for example. And Medicare rates are the most fair prices to pay for medical services provided in the United States. You don't have to be over 65. You don't have to be elderly or eligible for Medicare to say, hey, I can, I'm not old. I know <laughs> I hear people say all the time, well, I'm not old. So no, no, that is what <laughs> that is what the federal government, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, which is state health insurance. Uh, for all 50 states. CMS stands for Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So they establish the prices that they are willing to pay for each medical service and usually commercial or private for profit, meaning commercial insurance companies. They follow usually what Medicare approves of and what they pay. Usually a couple of years down the road, commercial insurances will will cover it. They cover it at much higher rates, meaning they'll pay more, which is why <laughs> which is why providers don't like to say okay, we'll accept Medicare rates because they don't make as nearly as much money as they do with private or commercial health insurance companies in this country. So, once you get in step 2, once you get your real statement, you get something a real bill with CPT codes, you're going to take each of those codes and get a description of the bill services and what Medicare pays for that services be, for those services, because that's the price you're willing to pay for the services you receive. And, you know, I say this a lot, you know, Medicare rates, the prices that Medicare pays for things or the Medicare price may be tens of thousands of dollars less than providers retail or sticker price. <laughs> but paying Medicare rates for medical care may mean the difference between many of us being able to make regular payments versus having to claim bankruptcy. Step three of the three steps of the only right way to pay medical bills, you're going to call back the provider's billing department to request an interest-free payment plan that you can afford for the services you received. That's it. So let's say that you determined 
And step two, that Medicare only pays $3,000 for the same services after applying the first two steps to the bill. Step one, step two. And you realize, oh my gosh, in step two, I'm only, I'm being charged rather $10,000, but Medicare only pays $3,000 for these same services. And let's say also you can only afford $50 a month to pay toward the bill. You're going to call back in step three, the provider's billing department or patient accounts department to tell them you're able and willing to pay $3,000 for the bill at payments of $50 a month for 60 months. I know it sounds like it's a very tiny amount and yeah, you're likely going to get pushed back from the customer service rep who's on the phone with you in the billing to, with the billing department of the facility where you received your care. But, you know, because they're going to say, wow, that's going to take you a long time. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And the reason why you're going to stick to your guns, you're going to stick with it. Advocate for yourself. This is your money. This is your life. This is your future, your financial future. The reason why they're going to, you're going to stick with what you can afford and why eventually they're going to accept it. You just say, well, who can I speak with? Who can help me make a payment plan? <laughs> you're just going to keep asking, who can I speak with? Don't ask. Can I speak to someone? Ask, because that's an easy way for them to say no, right? Say, who can I speak with? Who can help me? Well, if you can't help me, this is a payment I can payment plan I can make. Who can I speak with? Who can help me? And the reason why eventually they're going to agree to it because you're going to them, you're coming to them, you're being proactive, coming to them and saying, this is what I can do. It saves them money and having to chase you and conceivably, possibly having to lose tons of money, turn it over to a debt collector for literally only pennies on the dollar. So yeah, it's much <laughs> it's much, much cheaper for them to agree to pay a fair price for the medical services you, you receive, even if it takes you years. It will take you years. It is what it is. So there you go. Like Al Green says, in love and happiness, love will make you do right. <laughs> love will make you do wrong. Love is a doing not a feeling. Take care of your money so you can take care of you and the ones you love. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. We hope we have given you some helpful tips to guide you through your medical journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.